Good evening. We're going to enjoy this time in God's Word. But we're going to ask Him first for His direction this evening. Let's pray. God, we ask for Your Holy Spirit this evening leading me in His infinite power to communicate Your Word but also each one of us, so we can listen to your word and receive it with joy. We need your help. We ask for your direction in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's open our Bibles in Ezra chapter 5. And today's sermon is based on this text. The whole chapter, verses 1 through 17. And I will read it for us. Ezra chapter 5 says, Now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At the same time, Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar Bosani and their associates came to them and spoke to them thus, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure. They also asked them, What are the names of the men who are building this building? But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be returned by letter concerning it. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar Bosani and his associates, the governors who were in the province beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent him a report in which it was written as follows. To Darius the king, all peace be known to the king that we went to the province of Judah, to the house of of the great God. It is being built with huge stones and timber is laid in the walls. This work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. Then we asked those elders and spoke to them thus, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? We also asked them their names for your information that we might write down their names of their leaders. And this was their reply to us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. And we are rebuilding the house that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers had angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this house and carried away the people to Babylonia. However, 
in the first year of Cyrus the king of Babylon, Cyrus the king made a decree that this house of God should be rebuilt. And the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple that was in Jerusalem and brought into the temple of Babylon, these Cyrus the king took out of the temple of Babylon, and they were delivered to one whose name was Sheshbazar, whom he had made governor. And he said to him, Take these vessels, go and put them in the temple that is in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt on its site. Then this Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And from that time until now, it has been in building and it is not yet finished. Therefore, it's, if it seems good to the king, let search be made in the royal archives there in Babylon to see whether a decree was issued by Cyrus, the king, for the rebuilding of this house of God in Jerusalem. And let the king send us his pleasure in this matter. That is God's word. Have you ever seen a construction project that seems to never end? It is always under, under construction and sometimes seems that it doesn't move at all. Sometimes it looks like you go backwards. Maybe a highway. I don't know if you've seen that. Several years pass by and you see those orange signs and uh, speed limit signs around. And year after year, year, everything looks the same. Now in these construction projects... Let me tell you, this depends a lot on the owner of the project more than on the people who works there. That success of a construction project rests on the resources and the capacities that the owner of this construction project has. What is the funding? Sometimes uh, construction projects fall and fail to succeed because their owner has financial issues or limitations. There are political issues around the construction project, and he can't control that. Or it could be a natural disaster that is also out of his control, and he can't finish that project. Corruption, and so on. Now imagine that God is the one who is starting a construction project. How many resources does God have if he was starting a project? What are his capacities? And the answer is, he has no limitation. There is nothing too difficult for him. And then we can say that... Whatever he plans, it will happen. If God starts a construction project, it will happen. Today we will learn from the book of Ezra, chapter 5, that our sovereign God is over his people to continue to build his church. Our sovereign God 
is over his people to continue to build his church. How does God continue to build his church? And he does it in three ways, according to our passage today. God continues to build his church through his word, number one. Number two, he he does it through the the support of his leaders. And number three, through his sovereign protection. His word, his leaders, and his protection. That God is over his people, we can see it in verses, chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and, and verse 5. And verse 1 says that God was over them, over his people. Verse 2 says that the prophets of God were over them. And verse 5 says that the eye of their God was on the elders. The way the text functions is verses 1 through 5 gives us the main idea. And verses 6 to 17 gives us a zoom in into the story. Helps us to give us more details. But in verses 1 through 5, we will find the main idea of the text and also um, our main points. God's acts in Ezra chapter 5 are focused in one thing. Restart the rebuilding of his house. Ezra 4, what comes before, shows us that the rebuilding of the house of God stopped. That's how Ezra 4 ends. The opposition of the Jews succeeded in discouraging the Jews from obeying God's word. But Ezra 5 shows us that our sovereign God provides all means, all the means, so that his house will continue to be rebuilt. Now, the house of God in Ezra 5, the house of God, is a representation of the church, of Christ's church. And I say that because in the New Testament... Christians are called in several places the house of God or the building of God. And this story in Ezra chapter 5 helps us to see God's sovereign work to continue to build his house, to continue to build his church. Representing a greater work that would come and be done by Jesus Christ. That greater work is that we would be called, you and I, the house of God. So the main idea today is our sovereign God is over his people to continue to build his church. So the first thing we are going to say through the text is that he does it through his word. So his sovereignty moves through His word. So God said, verse 1, Ezra chapter 5, verse 1 says, Now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel. So God sent his word through his prophets. And then verse 2 says, 
Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, the son of Josedach, arose and began to rebuild the house of God. Now, let me tell you that by that point, since the house of God stopped, it might be around 15 years. People passed by and the foundations were laid, but nothing else happened in the rebuilding. But what will bring back the rebuilding of the house of God? Maybe the brave defiance of a mighty warrior or the strategy of a new program that will move the people's will so they can go and build the house of God. Or maybe the donations of rich people among Judah so they can have all the funds and they start building the house. None of these started the rebuilding of the house of God. But it was until the word of God came through his prophets that they arose and started to rebuild the house of God. It was the word of God that restarted the building of his house. After many years of looking at the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem, laying as abandoned ruins, the word of God came and the rebuilding of his house restarted. It was the house of God that came through his prophets that the leaders Zerubbabel and Jeshua began to rebuild the house of God. Haggai in Zechariah received God's word. And they spoke to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. And it's really helpful to read these two books as to have a better understanding on what is happening in the book of Ezra. But as a way to help us and have some light today, Haggai chapter 1 says, God's word through Haggai says, Is it a time for you yourself, yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Then it goes forward and Haggai says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build a house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. They were busy building their own houses and the house of God laid in ruins. Also, Haggai said that the mindset of the people was this. The time has not yet come to rebuild the house of God. But God said, also Haggai speaking in this, he said, You will not prosper until you build my house, says God through Haggai. It was God's word that changed this self-destructive behavior in the people of Judah it was God's word that moved them to rebuild the house of God. As we read in verse 2, after the word of God came, then Zerubbabel and Jeshua arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem. 
I had the chance to visit a country where Christians are persecuted. And it's difficult for the church to grow in a place like that. They lack resources. They have lack of freedom to gather as a church. And it is difficult for the church to thrive. But there is one thing that I noticed, and it was obvious to me after spending a few days with Christians in this country. And that is that the Word of God is the one that built His church. A healthy church grows when the Word of God is preached. These pastors that I met, these Christians, they are passionate about God's Word. Pastors from different churches, they, they lack of this freedom to meet. They gather to study God's Word, to understand not just what the Bible says, but how to communicate this to the church. They don't have the best seminaries. They don't have freedom to meet. But they gather because they have God's Word. They might not have a church building, because in fact, that is also difficult over there. They might not have air conditioning in the summer, or the best program, programs in their churches. They, they might not have the support of their government, but God's word is going out with faithfulness. And I saw that, that the church of God is growing through his word. It is the understanding of God's word that changed not just people who are persecuted in these countries, but also our lives. For me, it was Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. When I was about 13 years old, God spoke to me through those two verses. And he opened my eyes to understand the gospel even more deeply. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. After I understood this text, I was so joyful because I had assurance that Christ saved me. And the first thing that I did that same day is that I started to talk to the people in my church and asking them, did you know? I wanted to make sure that they were not missing out in what God's word says. That joy fire up my heart. But as time goes on, we can forget that one day we receive the word with that joy. We stop maybe reading our Bible with the same consistency. We could stop hearing God's word and our faith can feel more like a memory from the past and not a present work of God in our lives. There are times when we can feel as if we are not being built up 
There are times when our soul feels dry. And the only thing we can hear is the silence of God. I have been there. The people of God laid the foundation, says the book of Ezra, the foundation of the house of God. And Ezra 4 says that that then the work stopped. And it was God's word that moved the people to restart the building of the house of God over this foundation. The foundation has been laid in our lives if we have believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul says that we are God's building. And no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the foundation of your faith has been laid. Now, God's word continues to build your life over that foundation. That is what we understand as progressive sanctification. The process of building up our lives over the foundation of Jesus Christ. It is God's word that restarts the work of the sanctification of his people. It is God's word that moves the static souls and arises the inadic hearts. It is God's word that restarts our drowsy minds and hearts to build us up into sanctification, to change us when we are stuck so we can be more like Jesus Christ. God starts the building of his church through his word. When the work that the Lord started in his church and in our lives seems to stop, remember that it is God's word that will reignite the flame that was there one day. After God sent his word in Ezra 5 to command his people to build his house, He provided his sovereign care through his leader. Our sovereign God is over his people to continue to build his church, number one, through his word, and number two, through the support of his leaders. Once the work of the house of God began, the governor of Judah and the priest were not left alone. Verse 2 says, Ezra 5, 2. Then Zerubbabel, he is the governor, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, he is the priest, the son of Josedach, arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And this is our next cue over here. And the prophets of God were with them. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. We do not have details on the text on knowing how that support looked like from the prophets. But we know that after prophesying God's word, 
to the Jews, Haggai and Zechariah didn't leave. They remained with the people. They remained with the governor and the priest to support them. And this was the prophets of God. God sent them. It was God who sovereignly was overseeing the rebuilding of his house and supported his people through his prophets. And the text says that the, they were the prophets of God. Their identity was in God. That's how the author of the book of Ezra defines them. Now, in the letter that Tatanai, the governor of beyond the river, he is summarizing Tatanai regarding the rebuilding of the house of God. And he says, It is being built with huge stones, and timber is laid on the walls. This work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. So God's word moved the people to rebuild the house of God as the prophets of God stay with them, supporting them. And the support of the prophets result in a positive impact in the development of the building of the house of God. It didn't look like those projects that we see around this state. It prospered. They were supported. God was there through his leaders, through his prophets. And it prospered. Huge stones. It goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. A guy in Zechariah were the prophets of God. And they represented God before those who were questioning the rebuilding of God's house. So Tatanai comes on and he asks with his associates some questions. And it is to assume that since Haggai and Zechariah were supporting the people, they were present when Tatanai was questioning the building of God's house. Now the response of the elders, according to Tatanai, is this. Well, the question is, who gave you a decree to build this house? And the second question is, what are the names of those building this house? And the elders answer, what are the names? We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. If you read the text, you have very clear names over there on who was involved in the building of God's house. Even we have the names of their fathers and grandfathers. That specific is the text. But instead of identifying themselves as individuals, they decided to say that we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. The new elders of Judah, post-exile, recognized that God can use rulers and authorities to build and destroy. They also mention in 
they recount that God used a pagan king to destroy that house because their fathers angered God. God used a pagan leader as well to accomplish his will. But now he's using his leaders to rebuild his house. Our sovereign God uses the people and his leaders according to his will to fulfill his plans. But these leaders in the book of Ezra were supporting the people. Let me ask you, do you remember a time in which God's servants, the servants of the God of heaven and earth, gave you support. How did you feel? Now, let me ask you another question. Do you remember when God sent you to be support for God's people? God has appointed, according to the Bible, his word, elders in his church to provide support for his church. And they should, elders in the church, the leaders in the church, they should identify themselves, not just as leaders, but servants of God and servants of God's people. Actually, Apostle Peter was one of them. He says, I am an elder, and I am speaking to the elders. And he said, elders, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being example to the flock. That is our calling as shepherds of the flock of God. God called us to be his servants so that the church, you and I, may be built up into the image of Christ. It is, says Peter, the chief shepherd, the one who sent his pastors and elders and overseers to build up his church. That chief shepherd is the foundation of the church, and he continues to build up his church through his servants, through his pastor, through his elders. And we are servants of God. And following also Jesus' example, when he said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus, that is the Son of God, came to serve and gave his life as an example of service, how much more should we that are his servants should serve and support the church of Jesus Christ? But for the church, we are all called to serve one another and to support one another. Because that is how God is building up his church. 
That is how our sovereign God is using us to build up his church, to build you and I into Christ's image. Our sovereign God is over his people to continue to build his church through his word, through his leaders, and number three, through his protection. Verses 3 to 5 says, Ezra 5, 3 to 5, at the same time, Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar Bozanai and their associates came to them and spoke to them thus, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? They also asked them this, What are the names of the men who are building this building? But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be returned by letter concerning it. They did not stop them. In Ezra chapter 4, the work of the house of God stopped when the governor beyond the river Shimshai came with his associates in a similar manner and at the end of chapter 4 says, by force and power, they made the people cease from rebuilding the house of God. And Ezra 5 has a similar scenario. Tatanai, the governor, comes with his associates and they come questioning the rebuilding of the house of God. Who gave you a decree to build this house? What are the names? Same situation, but the outcome is different than Ezra chapter 4. They did not stop them from rebuilding the house of God. And the question is, why? The answer is in verse 5. Because the eye of their God was on the elder of the Jews. God sent his word. God sent his leaders. And the eye was over the elders of the Jews. God protected his people from the adversaries that interrupted the rebuilding of the house of God. This time is different. This time is different because God is watching over his people. If we see the letter, the elders provided a really good answer to Tatanai. But it was not the answer that the elders provided what saved them from stopping the rebuilding of the house of God. It was because the eye of God was over them. In the same way, we can't boast in our good answers. We can't boast in our, in our own salvation. We can't boast about our perseverance in our faith. It is because the eye of the Lord was over us that we came to faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is because God is watching, watching over us that we are being built up into the image of Christ. It's not because we are smart enough to understand the gospel. It is not because we are self-disciplined as to do spiritual disciplines. It is because the eye of the Lord 
is over you and I, that we are being built up into the image of Jesus Christ. The eye of the Lord was over them. My son Dawson is making a lot of noise in the back over there. He started walking, walking when he was uh, 11 months. He's about a month ago. Seems longer than that. <laughs> but I learned to keep an eye on him since he started walking because he grabs everything. Now, even before he started walking, where he was standing and grabbing things, we had a sad event in our house when he grabbed a hot cup of coffee. He poured it over himself. And we went immediately to the ER, our whole family. And that was one of the hardest moments that I have ever experienced. He had three, uh, third degree burns on his ear, his arm, his chest, his back. And Dawson's pain hurt me more like nothing that I can remember. But God protected our little guy. And a night after being in the hospital, we came, by ho- we came back home and we were, we were uh, in our house with our baby. Now Dawson is well, as you can tell. And he continues to be a curious little guy. But my responsibility is to protect him, to keep an eye on him. So I have learned to keep my eyes on him all the time, except, except when I'm preaching. That's why my wife is watching him right now. Especially when we are outside of home and he's exploring the world. I let him move around, but I keep my eyes on him. If he's about to fall down the stairs or he's going to touch something that he shouldn't be touching, I protect my son because I follow every move he makes. How much more does God care for you? He's greater than any father that you can imagine. He not just is watching every move you make and I make. But the fact that his eyes is his eye is over us means that he will intervene so that his house continues to be built up. That you and I continue to be built up. Now why is it good to know that God is watching us? It is not because we don't have part on our spiritual growth. But it's so that we can have confidence that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. We can respond knowing that in worship to Him because regardless of the circumstances that we are going through, good or bad, 
if He is our God, and if Jesus is our foundation, He is watching over us. God is protecting you. He is watching over you so that you may be built up. The author of the book of Hebrews says that Moses was faithful in all God's house. But Jesus is more than Moses in the house of God. Moses was faithful as a servant. And Christ was faithful as a son. And he ends saying that we are the house of God. We are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope, we are the house of God through Christ Jesus. Ezra 5.17 says, before 17, and is not yet finished, says the text. Therefore, if it seems good, To the king, let search be made in the royal archives there in Babylon to see whether a decree was issued by Cyrus the king for the rebuilding of this house of God in Jerusalem. And let the king send us his pleasure in this matter. Tatanai ends his account to the king saying that the house of God is not yet finished And his request is that the king will send his pleasure to determine if the building of the house of God should stop or they can continue to go on and build the house. Tatanai was waiting on the decree from an earthly king. At the same time, the people of God were building his house. They have the decree of the God of heaven and earth, and that is all that what they need. Our sovereign God is over you and I to continue to build you up in the foundation of Jesus Christ. That is the decree of God. We are a work in progress. Our sovereign God is over us to continue to build his church through his word, his leaders and pastors, and through his protection so that you and I can grow into the image of our Savior. Therefore, we can confess as his church with confidence, the same words of Apostle Paul to the Philippians when he said, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to a completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Our sovereign God, 
we thank you for your oversight so that we can build up our lives over the foundation of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will continue to work in our lives so that the rebuilding of your house can be restarted in those who have been feeling as if they are not growing. I pray that you will help us to have clarity in those areas in our lives that we need to grow. O God of heaven and earth, work in us and continue to build us up until the day of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.